Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Fridays gonna have you listening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn. Season three, episode seven. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, writer, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. And it's your girl Tajiana here, actress, filmmaker, and teaching artist, and lover of Black narratives, Black stories, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back. Awesome! Yes, today we are talking about guilty pleasures. So good, so so good. Yes. This week is going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. I mean, we all hate I'm to love. Seriously, we really do. <laughs> we do. We all hate to love these movies. It, it's fine. But what we're going to be talking about is stuff that we're afraid to admit that we like. You know, you kind of feel guilty about it. Kind of like how my mom says I should feel guilty about watching Disney Plus and movies like she's sad. sad. She's like, you should be embarrassed. But you know what? It's fine. He doesn't understand. You got to, like, turn your brain off sometime and have that escapism. So it's fine. It's fine. I mean, most shows and movies that are guilty pleasures are known for being slapstick, stage, cliche, and just downright cheesies. But we're going to dive in. It's going to be great. First up is Love Guaranteed, which is a Netflix original that came out September 2020. And this was directed by Mark Steven Johnson. This is so cute. So after a thousand first dates, Nick Evans, played by Damon Wayans Jr. So funny. He's a funny man. Love him. He is so hilarious. Oh my gosh. He's from like, he's like happy endings and happy together. Shows like that. Um, Nick Evans is still single. And so is the lawyer that he hires to sue his dating app named Susan Whitaker, played by Rachel Lee Cook. And we know Cook from that 90s movie, She's All That, um, with Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. So... Since the lawyer is also single, all evidence points to romance. So uh, Cook actually produced this movie, and it's such a cheesy rom-com. It held my attention for the better part of the 90-minute running time. Just seeing people who, could not, who couldn't be less interested in each other fall in love, it's been done so many times. We've seen this so much. Like At first, like I hate you, I hate you, I love you, I love you, let's get married, all that. I mean, nowadays, we just want to see how you execute it in an interesting way because, you know, we don't want to change up the formula so much of boy meets girl, et cetera, et cetera. So this movie's light. It's fun. It had a different premise set up, you know, since it's the whole suing the dating agency app, you know, because you weren't able to find love, which I find hilarious. Um, It really made it worthwhile to see. So on Rotten Tomatoes, this film has an approval rating of 54%. (laughs) Based on reviews from 24 critics. Oh, my gosh. So trash. It was trash. <laughs> With an average rating of 4.89 out of 10, I was like, wow, y'all really hated this movie. Um, Lisa Kennedy of Variety wrote, If likability is a trait you value, Love Guaranteed delivers the undemanding pleasure of watching two fundamentally decent people tumble into fondness and then love. So basically, it's like you want to turn your brain off, you want to have that escapism, it's undemanding. It's one of those things where you can like leave and go to the restroom or make a snack and then come back and you don't really miss the plot. One of those. So I think that's why critics were like, this movie's trash. 
Because, I mean, you have those. It happens. But that's on Netflix. You can check that out. Love Guaranteed. My next... <laughs> my next show, what I'm going to talk about, this TV show, wow, it's a doozy. Um, I'm going to start off by saying my bathroom and most of my house is decked out with Parisian decor and art. Taj, you know, you've seen it. <laughs> you, you, you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. I love it. I love it. I love Paris as a theme for interior decorating. I think that's why I was drawn to the show. Emily in Paris, y'all, had to do it. It's out on Netflix. It came out in October of 2020. And I streamed it shamelessly in one day. You know, I'm not afraid to admit it. It took me five hours, and I saw it on a Saturday. Yep. And I am so ready for season two. It was directed by Darren Starr. And Darren Starr, he's best known for creating shows like Beverly Hills, 90210, Melrose Place, Sex in the City, and Younger. You know, we love Carrie Bradshaw, Sex in the City. Um, I say, I, I let me correct myself. I like that show. My sister loves it. So much so that, like, for her birthday a couple years back, I got her the complete series <laughs> box set DVD. She's like, ah, Sex in the City. She loves it. I like the outfits, but she just loves the show, everything about it. So about Emily in Paris. You have Chicago marketing executive Emily Cooper, played by Lily Collins, who was hired to provide an American perspective at a marketing firm in Paris. And it's seriously so full of cliches. That is the breakdown. Um, Emily can't actually speak French. And then she goes to, you know, Paris. And so obviously it's very arrogant. It's very bold of her. That's very American of her in a sense, because it's like, who does that? You know, you don't speak the language. But it's full of cliches like that. Um, it's also got flack for not being diverse. I mean, of course I know they're in Paris, but the one black Parisian character who is her sassy coworker is like a sassy gay guy. So, you know, that threw that in there. Emily has an Asian friend who's really wealthy, but doesn't want to go home and run the family business in China, but be a nightclub singer. You know, um, I personally think that Camille, her French model friend is the only genuine soul in the entire show. They do Camille so dirty, y'all. Seriously, that's all I'm going to say about it. I do not want to give the show away too much, but they were wrong. <laughs> Her neighbor, Gabriel, played by Lucas Bravo, is a chef who she really likes. But his girlfriend is Camille. So there you go. I'm just going to leave that right there. Stream it if you would like a piece of escapism. This show got a, ni- uh, this show got a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, it fared better than Love Guaranteed. I personally love the outfits. I kept watching the show, not so much for the dialogue or anything like that. The plot was okay, but honestly, the outfits were killer. I love the fashion and stuff like that. It was one of those where it's like, this is so, like, generic, but at the same time, wee-wee, baguettes. You know, it's like, (laughs) you start, you start speaking I'm weak. Louis <laughs> baguette. Louis <laughs> baguette. Croissant. Y'all, Duolingo be hitting. Um, <laughs> sidebar. Quarantine. I've only been, like, learning, like, Italian and French and then trying to brush up on my Spanish in Duolingo. So that's about it. Um, I've been trying to. So stream that if you would like. And my last film I'm going to talk about. Oh, my God, y'all. This is a straight-up guilty pleasure. This is, like she's the man level but you know what it's fine dying to be a cheerleader (laughs) 
It's a Lifetime original movie available on Hulu, and it came out in October 2020, directed by Tom Schell. So a high school student named Darcy becomes a murder suspect when a cheerleader is found dead in the gym showers. Classic Lifetime. The cheer team is out to get Darcy because of her past. Her mother was an alcoholic who overdosed, and Darcy used to steal food from stores, and she started a bonfire once to keep them warm, but was charged with arson. So, yeah, they judge her for that and blame her for everything that goes wrong at the school. Darcy moves in with her rich but dim-witted aunt. Her aunt is so stupid. Like, I was, like, talking to TV. Her aunt is so dumb. Like, I don't even know how she didn't run herself over all this time, and she's, like, taking care of a child. It was just so dumb. But Taylor, played by Karen Bull, is the popular girl, Queen Bee, who's out to get her and everyone else who stands in her way. I'm so serious. Like, Taylor, this Taylor chick? Ooh, I wanted to fight. I wanted to, mm, do the screen. She's a mess. Taylor is straight up evil. Seriously. I mean, her parents are influential and the school faculty bends over backwards to make sure Taylor is happy. And it's just so whack. And it's just so wrong that, that happens. But even though she is evil, is she the one to blame for the murders? I don't want to spoil the movie. You have to watch it. But I think this one is pure lifetime. Seriously, from the acting to the melodramatic sequences, like you're watching Days of, the, Days of Our Lives or All My Children. Seriously, I was still on the edge of my seat. Like, my whole family, we sat up and watched Dying to Be a Cheerleader. <laughs> it really fits the suspense thriller palette that we can all sometimes have, and we can satisfy it with movies like this. This movie got a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm, mm-mm. So that just goes to show. But you know what? It's a guilty pleasure. It's fine. Those are my picks for this week. Taj, you let them know what yours are. I love how all of your picks have, like, low ratings. <laughs> um, I think it's very interesting my sister also watches Emily in Paris, so I'm excited to see all of the fun yes. <laughs> um, that is this show. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, 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 y'all. Um, mine, my guilty pleasures, ugh, my three. I mean, I feel like there's so many that we have, right? But I feel like these three are, I feel like they're classics in a way. Or not classics, but they're they're very well-renowned. Um yeah I guess some classics well-renowned but also I guess I feel guilty not because I think that they're necessarily bad but I feel guilty that I like them as much as I do in spite of or in comparison of the reaction or response to these (laughs) to these projects I don't know how to explain it but yeah it's um yeah I think it's more of the roasting on these projects that like makes me feel bad for liking it so much rather than me actually like liking it so much being like guilty about that so the first one is gonna just go straight in with a classic um the Grinch yes I'm talking about the Jim Carrey version the only version we acknowledge in this household um well also the mask or anything jim carrey in general i'm like a fan of this man's comedy i'm a fan of his acting and his portrayal of these different characters um i feel like with the grinch i never get tired of watching it because his character is just like i mean i feel like any character that he plays um, is so outlandish even when he was a comedian on you know in living color um, it's always so outlandish it's so profound and it just makes me laugh in a way that like it makes me so excited to watch him um, and the thing about it 
is Jim Carrey as a person is so, you know, philosophical. Um, he's so open-minded. He's so, you know, out there um, that it allows him to channel these different characters. I hope he's doing well. Um, but yeah, it's just very interesting to watch him on screen. It's like, I'm in a trance. Um, and I just, liar, liar. he's just so funny. Oh, oh my God. I just, I just appreciate his artistry. So being able to see that in, you know, a fun Christmas thing where it's like, okay, he, you know, he is ruining Christmas because he's literally a Grinch. He's so, you know, unhappy about the holiday of Christmas um, but by the end, he is very happy-go-lucky and very cheery and learns a lesson about loving others in his community, essentially, in like a, you know, 10-second, you know, spiel. So I just love his character development and coming coming to Jesus moment kind of type of thing. Um, I just love that whole thing. Even even in a children's movie, you know, or like a, a live-action um, adaptation, I love that um, so much. And so I feel like, a lot of people don't like the Jim Carrey version or at least I, I feel like obviously like my, our, our generation does, yeah. but every generation has their version of the Grinch now. Like our parents had, you know, the original one. And then, you know, this generation has the animated one. So I feel like everybody likes a different version of the Grinch, but I just appreciate our generation's version that we grew up with because it's just so fun. And so like, there's so many lessons. There's so and many that animated one for me the animated one is creepy. Like it. Was, I never saw it because I couldn't. I I couldn't do it. Like it just would have ruined my whole. It's, <laughs> I didn't like that. Wait, the you said one. the old one. The old one, the old animated one. Like my parents would watch that one. To me, is creepy. And I have not seen the new animated one. I know they redid it, and I was like, "Why are they redoing the Grinch? I'm not gonna watch." Oh, this. the new. Oh, I see what you're saying. You watched the old one, and yeah. I mean, dang. So we're the only. So ours is the the only live action. Yeah. Yeah. I hmm. Yeah, I just feel like ours is elite. <laughs> Even without seeing the other two, I'm just like, this is a classic. Like everybody has watched this. It's such a classic. Jim Carrey in this role, you know, even in the mask, hilarious. It's a it's a staple film, you know. Seeing a lot of his films are just staple films. They're classic films because of his artistry and his comedic presence. That's just like period. But I do appreciate how the Grinch stole Christmas. Um, it did get a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, which overall I feel like people don't like this. I don't know if they think it's creepy. I don't know if like what people were thinking in the 2000s, you know, early 2000s of mm. watching this film when it first came out. Cause you know, obviously we were babies, yeah. but I enjoy it. It's on Netflix. So <laughs> guess what I'm going to be watching <laughs> in a few weeks. It's time, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate it. I don't talk about it a lot, but I really do like The Grinch. Like, I seriously, you know, I I really like it. But if you don't like it, it's whatever. I'll just ignore you. So anyways, next is a TV show Yeah. that you all probably have heard of by now. And it's all American. We love it. We love it, and we love it. I absolutely love this show. This is the first show um, on on Netflix that I I would say that I binged or that I watched in a in a fast amount of time. I don't really watch TV the way that other people watch TV in terms of like, oh, I finished the show in a day or two. I like take my time, and because just with like different life things going on, I just be like, oh, okay, I don't need to watch all episodes right now. I'll come back to it. Like I like to digest 
the story. Um, but this one, I was like watching episode after episode. I was like going through season one and season two came out. I was geeked. I appreciate all Americans so much. And if you don't know, it's on CW. Um, it is a CW show. That's the network that is, um, that it's on. And, um, all American is about Spencer James, who is a rising high school football player. And he's an A student at South Crenshaw high. But when coach Billy Baker recruits him to join his team in Beverly Hills, Spencer's mother, Grace, and his best friend, Coop, convince him it's an opportunity he has to seize. Forced to move in with Billy and his family to protect his transfer permit to Beverly, Billy's son, Jordan, who is also the starting quarterback, is less than thrilled to be sharing his father's attention or the team's spotlight. While Spencer struggles to find his footing, he makes an unlikely friend and Jordan's sister who is struggling with her own demons. And that kind of encapsulates just season one. There's there's more to it. Obviously, you got to watch the show. But I feel like it was just a strong... The actors are so strong. Um, Daniel Ezra, Michael Evans, Belling, um, Samantha Logan, Tay Diggs, starring Tay Diggs. Um, love that man. Greta, you know, um, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Oniogu. Um, I'm sorry, girl, if I mess up your last name. But Greta and just everybody else on this project, I feel like the, just the cast is super strong. April Blair is the program creator, and it's a... Um, it's a black, you know, black leads are in the cast. And I feel like it's just a super like, you know, classic, I don't know, like TV show. I feel, I feel the reason why I feel kind of guilty admitting to when I was like watching all American all the time. And I'm so excited for season three, but because I think the story is strong. I think a lot of black people got onto the show and was like, okay, this has a very, like the storylines are very dynamic. There's so many twists and turns. Um, but I think the, the characters were annoying to the point where Twitter took to it and started roasting the personas of the characters. And many people roasted them because of like their, their presence in terms of like, Oh, Coop is so annoying. Why are you always in everybody's, you know, why are you always trying to, you know, be in Spencer's business? Or like, Spencer, why are you always trying to see, save everybody else? You can't even save yourself. Like, just all this different stuff. At least they're starting a conversation. I do love how they highlight Black mm-hmm. actors and Black musicians. My song, Stretch, was featured in the mid-season finale. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all American. Shout out to Tra- Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just plugged that. Stretch, Chelsea J. Stream that. If Shameless you have- plug. Shameless plug. Also, oh. the show is on CW, which hosts the iHeartRadio Music Festival, and we're also on iHeartRadio. So if you're streaming us on iHeartRadio Podcast, um, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Welcome. No, period, because you guys really need to, um, you really need to watch that episode and you will hear Chelsea's song in the background. This is just a super proud moment. Like, dang, like, this girl's song is literally on a show um, and I just think that's so amazing as a, as a singer and as an actor for your, sh- for your song that you, you wrote, you sang, you know, you have it produced, it goes onto a show and you're also an actor. I feel like it's just like a nice, it's, a, it's just some nice, you know, just a nice credit for your resume. It's a nice mm-hmm. milestone in life. So shout out to Chelsea again. Congrats, sis. Thank you. That is like, oh my gosh. I was so geeked. She FaceTimed me. I was like, oh my God. I'm going home right now. Going, going home right now. Like literally, right when I got off work, I went straight home and watched the episode. I was so geeked. 
I was so geeked. But yeah, make sure that y'all check out for that. What episode is it again? Yeah, so it's the mid-season finale. It was the one that aired in December. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, y'all need to go watch. Go on Netflix. It's also, I think there's also some um, content about it on her Instagram. So make sure that you follow her. On my Instagram as well, but on Netflix. Yeah, scroll down. And um, yeah, definitely stream that. Um, I, I love it. Um, the show is very, it's just so dynamic and it's just so, um, it's so strong in terms of like, in terms of plot and character development, it's so strong. Like the characters are always changing, you know, so definitely, definitely watch all American, um, on CW when y'all get the chance and make sure that y'all stream the mid season finale to be able to listen to Chelsea's song stretch. Um, it's great. All right. Last one. Everybody knows. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I so childish, but it's okay. I okay. I felt like I wasn't gonna like it because I am a Spider-Man fan and I felt like I was like, how are they gonna do another Spider-Man? I was like, can they stop? I was like, seriously, end it now. <laughs> um, and my cousin took me and my siblings to go see it, and I was just sitting there in the theaters, like, I guess. Like I was like, let's see what this is about. And literally, it blew my mind. Like, I love this. I've watched it probably at least four times. And I always um, watch it with my siblings. So it's just, like, also a bonding thing because it's, like, we saw it for the first time together. And then my little sister likes to put it on. She's like, okay, we're watching it again. Afro-Latino Spider-Man, like, that's very interesting. Shout out to Shamik Moore, who um, voices Miles Morales. And so... Um, the film, if you're not familiar, is about Miles Morales, and he's um, bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway, and um, he's a teen, right? So he starts to suddenly develop mysterious powers that transform him into the one and only Spider-Man. When he meets Peter Parker, of course, he soon realizes that there are many others who share his special high-flying talents. Miles must now use his newfound skills to battle the evil kingpin a hulking madman who can open portals to other universes and pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. Like, what? A portal? Excuse me? I, I just appreciated it. I just appreciated it so much. It was so interesting. Like, I didn't know what would happen next. Um, I just feel like it kept me on my feet. And the animation, I think, is what sold everything. It was so strong. It was so unique. Just um, how they juxtaposed everything in terms of, like, um, just in terms of the animations, you know, like cinematography and just like the way that everything was put on screen. Like there's this one scene where he's like uh, walking up the brick wall and the way that the, that it looks on screen is that it's like, you know, it's at another angle. It's like tilted sideways. And then they like do the little, like, it looked like a visual comic book, if you will. So it was just like Ooh. having that text, you know, like, okay, he gets hit by a bird or something. And then it's like, pow, peck, 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 peck. <laughs> it just like, tech, the text just pops up on the screen. And I just loved it so much. Like, yeah. I just think it's super sweet. And I think it's super cute. Um, and I really, really think that it's a, I feel like it's a staple, not only just like for everybody, but I feel like, especially for the younger generation, I feel like this is an animated film. That's one of their faves. So I definitely think that this is like, it's super inclusive and super, you know, it's just nice to see black people in animation um, yeah. as well. So I appreciated and it. Who doesn't love Sunflower by 
You but know, and Sway Lee, if you left in the dust, oh my god, and the sister fire, oh my god, to this come song. on, <laughs> oh my god, that song is on the soundtrack and sells like that sells that whole scene. I feel like is always played. Like that's <laughs> like I think it was, I don't know if it was in the trailer, but like I feel like that song and that scene is always like living rent free in my brain. If you feel me, like it's like. <laughs> That song is just so like warm and so fun. It just fit the tone of the film so perfectly. And I just appreciated it so much. Um, So y'all need to watch it. It's still on Netflix because they're trying to get their coin. You know what I'm saying? It's a very, very good film. Look, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, Yeah, I mean, 93% of Google users like this movie. Um, A lot of people really liked it. So um, with Reach or otherwise, I'm always teaching about the hero's journey. And this is the film that I resort to because I feel like it's such a strong example of the hero's journey in terms of like that invitation, you know, that call to action. Mm -hmm. And then the denial of like, no, this can't be happening to me. I can't be Spider-Man. What the heck? I'm normal. And then accepting it and then conquering and then going into a new life, I feel like it's such a perfect example um, for anybody who um, teaches film or just like um, teaches I'm any type of storytelling. Come through Campbell, Joseph Campbell, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You know, the first time I heard about that, it wasn't in acting class, funny enough. It was actually. Oh, really? No, it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't. It was in my um, Humanities for the Arts class where we learned about a hero's journey. Oh, actually- yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they called it Humanities for the Arts, or they could have called it, they should have called it, excuse me, Feminism 101. Because it was like two... The heroine's journey, yeah. Yeah, and they only talked about like women's rights and feminism and the hero's journey or like the Bechdel test and like how, you know, movies are always around a guy if it's two girls in a movie or a girl in a movie. It can't ever just be about her. It's always a man is involved somehow. That's the Bechdel test and like so much stuff like that or like how Disney princes mm-hmm. are all designed to be with a prince in some way. So right. this is before Brave came out, y'all. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Right. Making us aware of all of these like systemic things in cinema. I love it. Well, not y'all may not know Brave. This is okay. This is a, maybe you know Brave. This is pre-Moana. That sounds better. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was in college. Oh my one, gosh. So... <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This is true. This is true. So every person you had back then, they were all like trying to get a guy in some way, you know? So. No, seriously. Thank you so much for listening. Wee oui, wee oui, baguette. Um, croissant. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Tune in next week. We will be discussing oh. classic caper films, you know, <laughs> a good heist movie. According to litreactor.com, covers all the basics, like what the overall goal is, assembling the team, of course, a reason beyond the cash, you know, a reason beyond the reason why they're stealing the money, a reason to root for them, because you're rooting for the villain in this sense, of course, and an element of the ridiculous, to name right. a few. So, of course, everyone remembers how Tom Cruise had to catch a sweat in his hand in the first Mission Impossible, or Matt Damon's prosthetic nose in the Ocean's franchise movies, so... We're going to be measuring how they shape up next week with a very special guest. So exciting. I'm excited. Y'all get ready. Get ready, y'all. Get hyped. We, we were going in this season, so I hope you, you got your seatbelt. Okay. Click. I hope y'all are catching on this. Because this, this goodness. Is, this is good. This is good. This fun. is some good smelling shea butter. 
Yes, they butter smells so good. It smells so good. Seriously. Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast and all things Shea Butter. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop, on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn, or follow us individually. Follow me at Chelsea G Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at Tajiana Ogochuku or on Twitter at Tajiana Tweets. Yes. All one word. Cool. All lowercase. Please. Follow us. Follow. Follow those DMs. Let us know what you're thinking. Share with your friends. Share with your neighbors. Share it with everybody you know. Listen. Alright, y'all. See you next week. Alright, peace.